Hey, it's the Body Bishops. Good afternoon, Matt Green. Thank you're you for that greeting, yeah. You're welcome. I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm, I'm actually very tender. I'm in a lot of muscle pain at the moment, so. Started back properly at the gym now, haven't you? Yeah. My legs hadn't fully recovered from the run. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm getting there. It was like jelly yesterday at, at the turn of these squats, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. We've got Irish Cadbury's to... Yes, hallelujah. ...to booster our uh, strength. That got dairy milk... Golden crisp. It's delicious, man. Mm. If, if, for anyone who's listening, if you haven't had Irish Cadbury's before, it, it's like the old Cadbury flavor that you love, that you know and love that you miss. Mm. And the Irish one has the stuff. Mm. And I've got some potato crisps to keep me going as well. Yeah, yeah. Been good. Been Want good. a taste of home? Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, I don't know how to segue that. Um, <laughs> taste of home, taste of, let's have a taste of gospel community. Out of our true home, heaven. <laughs> With one another. Uh, actually, uh, what do you think of those quotes from uh, Heaven is a World of Love? Man, I can't wait to read that book. I've already ordered it and it's on the way. So, yeah. Did you get the nice version? Uh, version. Yeah, that one. The, that's the one. Class, the classic one. Man, yeah. it's so, so good. Like, the fact that gospel community is going to exist in heaven mm. uh, in its fullness is, uh, man, what an encouragement. That's beautiful, man. Yeah. To live it out now. And, and one of the reasons I want to read that so much is because I've been thinking so much just, I mean, for years now about what community heaven's going to be like mm. that we will have lives before the throne yeah it's not just a sing sing song session yeah the whole time that we're in heaven yeah, yeah. i mean there's gonna there's there's gonna be that in right yeah it's just, and stuff yeah it's so i'm, I'm looking beautiful, forward to vibrant flourishing relationships mm. one another it's uh this yeah and said the praises of earth prepare for the praises of heaven yeah and i guess gospel community's kind of like that in it yeah a taste of home see that there you go you did it <laughs> so we're in first peter four to five could you explain before we move on I mean, we've been talking about this for quite a long time now, over a year, I think, gospel community. But can you explain what gospel community is? Is it just new words? Is it new terminology? Is it is it just buzz? Or what, what is gospel community? Gospel community is Orthodox New Testament teaching for the church. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but than that, the Orthodox position that Every Orthodox individual, I shouldn't say every, but but the vast majority of Orthodox individuals and teachers and pastors throughout church history, mm-hmm. both ancient and recent, yeah. have taught yeah. as yeah. this is what it means to be the church. Yeah. That's gospel yeah. community. It's a community, so we're going to see, fueled by the gospel. Right. So, so when you're saying it's a gospel community, what we're saying is it's a community of people yeah. that are fueled... And, and empowered and empowered by the by the gospel to do to do life together to do community yeah to do community, to, to, yeah. to live amongst one another like Christ right as much like Christ as yeah possible. just so, to be Christ to one another in the sense of community brilliant so forgive one another as Christ forgave you Father forgive them for they know not what right do. so so He forgives us and then we forgive each other so really gospel community just is simply living out living out in relationship with your brothers and sisters in Christ, the implications of gospel. It's it's a Christ-like lifestyle that is fueled and empowered by the gospel itself. Yeah. yeah. A Christ-like lifestyle, I think, is, is, is literally, yeah. the, it's the gospel coming out of me yeah. and overflowing onto the people around me. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's not new because there's, um, I think there's a, 
there's gospel life is written by John Owen. Gospel there's music. so much in the Puritans. Um, but, but it's like that Romeo Juliet, a rose by any other name would smell as sweet, you know? Mm. So it's probably not been called gospel community. Right. Right. Uh, but it's basically church. <laughs> yeah. Church family, how the church is meant to treat each other in Christ, the New Testament, um, church fathers, ancient literature, um, the Puritans and, and everyone else. <laughs> gospel community is, is we're talking about. Now people might have different ideas of what gospel community is, but gospel community, according to what we're talking about is literally new Testament teaching for the church. Yeah. Yeah. How, how do we live like we're the church and the new Testament spends vast amounts of time in every epistle talking about it. So far, so far, man. Yeah. And we're up to I'm, the end, aren't we? Yeah, we're in 2 Peter. So it's only one more epistle after this. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's yeah. it's just full of it. So let's, we'll just do a little pause music thing and then we'll actually do First Peter. Yeah. Yeah, so First Peter, uh, the gospel community in chapter four and chapter five and Again, like you just said, their gospel gospel community, which is me living out the commands of Jesus, empowered by Jesus, motivated by the gospel, obviously then has to have a gospel um, to undergird that. So gospel truth and gospel identity. And uh, chapter 3, verse 18, just to give us some beautiful gospel truths here. Uh, Christ suffered once for sin, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Mm-hmm. So we're we've been brought near to God. Uh, as a result of what Jesus Christ has done for us, we were far off ones, yeah, and now we're brought near by the Lamb who was slain. And that's beautiful, yeah. Um, and that chapter four, verse thirteen, has some future things for us. Rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings. In the meantime, that when His glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. So there's going to come a day, Jesus is coming with glory and with joy for us. Yeah, and praise God. So some lovely truths to consider before we get into Peter telling us how to live like uh, like the gospel's true in relationship with one another. So what have you got for us today? Um, you're going to have to take over because my, uh, my Microsoft Word just shut down. <laughs> <laughs> this is real-time stuff, people. It's live. Oh, no. <laughs> so you're going to have to start it and I'll right. catch up. <laughs> no problem then. So chapter 4, verse 1 to 2, um, Christ has suffered and died for us to free us from our selfish desires so that we can now live lives that are pleasing to God. Um, that's verse 1 to 2 he talks about in First Peter. Verse 7 tells us that Jesus is coming back. The end of all things is at hand. Um, so the questions we have for us today is how do we live lives that please God, like verse 1 to 2 yeah. says, yeah. and how do we live lives as if we are truly waiting for Jesus? So how do we live like it's true that Jesus is coming back? Um, and we get into... First of all, First Peter chapter four, verse eight to verse eleven. Mm-hmm. Have you got your if your doc your document? I, I, I don't have it back. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, but I will just say just in, in in segue, just what we're talking about again. We're we're going to double down, you know, on the idea of what what eschatology is there for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not just for us to memorize yep. charts and X Y Z, you know, and timelines. Um, it's 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 there to impact how we live. Yeah, yeah, it's going to change. How we treat one another, how we live in this present age. So it's first eight to verse eleven of chapter four starts with the words above all things, above all things. And I think it's really important to just to like to highlight that that this is actually something that's very, very essential and vital and important to Peter, mm-hmm. that he would say above all things. 
And then you're basically like, whatever comes next, that must be very, very important for yeah. patients to do. Now, since he's just said, like, above all the things I've written so far, here's what I really want you to focus on. And the first thing he tells us is have vervent love for one another. So love one another. Mm. And what we see here then is we're called to have open hearts. Mm. Um, so yeah, what what does it look like to have fervent love for one another? Um, well, I mean, I, th- I think fervent love is, for one, uh, a love that strives to be unconditional. Um, that when people wrong you, you're willing to forgive and, and reconcile. Mm-hmm. And as, as we have here, stretched out, ongoing, patient, intentional, earnest, which is what I think the word is referring to there. Yeah. So it's, um, we, we, we could say fervent love is loving like Jesus loved. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, verse it goes on to say, and it's quoting, love will cover a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. So this love that we're called, this fervent love we're called to have for one another is going to, it's going to forgive. It's going to reconcile. It's going to uh, be patient. Um, it's going to be stretched out over other people's sins. It's mm-hmm. going to continue no matter what's going on in that relationship, just the way Jesus Christ loves us. Mm-hmm. So that's above all. You know, have this fervent love for one another. Mm. Um, so this is open hearts. And then we get to verse nine, which says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. And this is open homes. And I don't think you get to open homes without open hearts first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what does it look like to be hospitable to one another? Um, sometimes some of us who are not as, as extroverted, we shudder at the idea of having people in our homes. <laughs> And sometimes it can be daunting because there's a lot of work to do. We can we can turn in the Marthas real quick, can't we? Yeah. Um, but but I think um, to have an open home is to be someone who who loves to serve people. Yeah. Who loves to have people into your context, bring people into your life to open your your home in that respect. Yeah. Not to show off, Mm-mm. but to serve. To serve. Yeah. To be a friend. To to that give and take of a relationship of mm-hmm. helping one another um, in in Christ, mm-hmm. right? And I, th- I think when we open e- each other's homes to one another, I th- we learn a lot about each other. Mm. You know, you're going to learn a lot about me when you come into my home. I'm yeah. going to learn a lot about you when you come in, e- yeah. when I come into your home. And it's going to enable me to open my heart further to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and speak into each other's lives mm-hmm. in meaningful ways. So, yeah, and it talks about doing this without grumbling. So mm-hmm. uh, this without any secret or muttering or low murmuring or complaint or discontentment. So it's a it's a joyful hospitality. It's not a oh my goodness these people are coming around today. Mm. It's I love these people. I have a stretched out love for them that stretches over their failures and weaknesses and personalities that are conflicting mm. with mine. Um, and I and I am I want to have them in my home. I'm excited. Mm. And again, asking the question, how did Jesus welcome us into the kingdom? Mm. It says, welcome one another's Christ welcomed you. Yeah. So yeah. like receive one another's Christ received you with warmth, with affection, with enthusiasm, with Man. excitement. And so we want to be the same. We want to good, yeah. follow Christ and yeah, our idea as well. Yeah. So love for one another, verse 8, open hearts, um, hosp- hospitality to one another, open homes in verse 9. Uh, you, before we yeah. move on there, I just, how you have this in the notes, how, how did Jesus welcome us into the kingdom? Mm-hmm. And um, as I recall, he said, first clean yourself up and sort yourself out and then come to, is that no it's not no no <laughs> come to me with all of your mess yeah come to me with all the high maintenance aspects yeah. of who you are and and i'll receive you and i'll come all you yeah. very come all you heavy laden mm-hmm. and i'll give you rest mm-hmm. and we receive one another yeah and so we should welcome one another that yeah. way even people who are um harder work who, yeah. who are higher maintenance yeah 
receive one another like Jesus received us. Yeah, beautiful, man. That what one of the prayers we pray when we're looking for a house, when we were moving to Bath and, I, and then moving to Stoke was, Lord, help us to find a home and help us to make it a riven to help for others, mm. a place where they can just come and rest and mm. find refreshment um, really amongst good. us. So, yeah. So then we get to the the next one, which is verse nine, first hand of verse 11, which is minister to one another, which is open hand. Mm. So I have an open heart, I have an open home, and I have an open hand towards uh, my brothers and sisters in Christ. And it says, as each one has received a gift, minister that gift to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Mm. So we each have different gifts given to us by God, don't we? Yeah. Um, and sadly, we can use those gifts in the wrong ways. We, we can, yeah. And I, I think the, the spirit of the age is to try to flaunt our gifts, isn't it? Yeah. It's to, uh, to, to try to get some type of cred, mm-hmm. you know, among the people in the church or get some type of angle or to be seen as superior in some ways. Yeah. Or perhaps we lock away our gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't use them, out of, whether that's out of insecurity or just a lack of love and care for others. Mm. Um, so that you can go both extremes or you're jealously and pridefully comparing yourself to others in the church. That's a real temptation. Gifts. Yeah. Yeah. My gift's better than yours mm-hmm. or your gift's better than mine. And mm-hmm. um, Or we end up using this gift to distract, like we t- kind of talked about last night um, in the care training that you know, busyness and ministry and work can actually replace God. Yeah. Um, yeah. And in, and it's not actually loving others. But we want to take what God's given us and we want to steward that. And the way to do that is to use it as a gift to serve one another. And if we get to verse 11, then there's these, there's two categories for gifts. There's the speaking gifts. Mm-hmm. And then essentially there's the practical gifts. There's the gifts of the mouth mm. and the gifts of the hand. Mm. So yeah, what are some gifts of the the mouth then well um i I think the ones that we that that god wants us to use to bless our brothers and sisters with with the gospel with the word of god Mm -hmm. um i I think it's the um the ones with the mouth would be like teaching and preaching and and even as it's described prophesying and in in uh, one corinthians and things like that uh the ministering ones are 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 different though aren't they Mm -hmm. it's not just with our mouths but with our hands that we the ones that we use to uh the gift to bless our brothers and sisters with with the strength of God. Yeah. So so it's the voice to bless our brothers and sisters, and maybe we could say with the hands to bless our brothers and sisters yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it's it's the 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 mouth gift. Obviously, being a pastor, being a preacher, Sunday school teachers, mm-hmm. but also that person who's very gifted at getting alongside one on one and just speaking words of mm-hmm. comfort to a mm-hmm. brother and sister who's weary or struggling at the moment or uh, who's in sin. Uh, and then, yeah, and you've got these practical ministries as well of getting alongside people. And what's beautiful about the church then is we're not all the same and we actually all need each other. We all need, like, I, I don't have really mm. administration gifts, I don't think. <laughs> so, like, but thankfully there are people in the church who really thrive and um, who really beautifully steward those gifts mm. for the benefit of the rest of the brothers and sisters. Mm. Um, so if we use these gifts properly, then we don't get the glory and praise, but it says that God gets the glory and praise. Um, it says at the end of verse 11. So yeah, if, if, if we do this well, if we speak the, the word of God and we minister with the strength that God gives us, then it says God actually gets the glory for that. Mm. Um, and he, he owns the glory, so he should get the glory. Mm, that, that's, that's really good, isn't it? And, and that brings things kind of full circle to the love of Christ stuff that we talked about um, at the very beginning, loving like Christ loves. And I'd sent you this quote earlier from, um, I'm reading, Simon and I are actually reading back through 
Um, this, this book, Seeing and Savoring Jesus Christ, he has a more mm. attractive copy than I do. <laughs> but, um, but, but this quote just really got my attention today. It says, the son of God's glory was made to shine at the center of the solar system of your soul. And when it does, all the planets of our life are held in their proper orbit. But when he, uh, I'm sorry, but when the sun is displaced, everything flies apart. The healing of the soul begins by restoring the glory of God to its flaming, all attractive place at the center. Yeah. And so it's like if we start on the foundation of open hearts, all of the rest of this is going to come. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just beautiful to consider that you can be a tool, you can be a cause for your brother and sister in Christ to thank God and mm-hmm. glorify God. As, they, yeah. as they're encouraged, they go away and they thank God. Mm. As they're blessed by your practical ministry, they give thanks to God. I think it's in two Corinthians that talks about this. Like, um, as as these people give this financial gift to you, thanks will be made to God. What a wonderful thing! Mm-hmm. One of unspeakable will gift. I think it is that not only mm-hmm. is there help given, but God gets the praise and the glory as a result of your ministry. Yeah, that's beautiful to think mm-hmm. about. So that's that's First Peter for above all things, in light of the fact that you're free in Christ, in light of the fact that Jesus is coming back, have an open heart. An open home and open hands for one another. So we get over then to First Peter five and verse one to five. It talks about pastors. Why do you think pastors are being mentioned here, and what do you think that has to do with gospel community? Then, yeah, I think I think as you see it in the New Testament, gospel community is primarily a work of every single individual church member. So every everyone is part of the church. Gospel community is something that happens between us, but the pastors are not excluded from that, right? The pastors are our sheep just as much as we're going to see their under shepherds as well. Um, so, so our role, um, as Christ has given us the authority to do so, our our role is to lead the congregation in that and model that to the congration. Yeah, yeah. But, but gospel community is something that takes place in the congregation. Yes. Among the people. Yeah. And we, we were just examples. Yeah. And pastors are key in yeah. that process. They're not, it's not contingent upon the pastors. Yeah. But we're key in leading the congregation in that. Yeah. Verse three says, being examples to the flock mm. of what it means to mm. love one another and serve one another and run to Christ. Mm. Um, so when it comes to pastors, there's a number of words used here for the same office. There's a little bit of confusion about what is a bishop, what's a pastor, what's a elder. Um, but actually all three words are used here in this little section, which helps us see that it's actually all the same office, all just the same, yeah. shows that there's different parts of it. So it says in verse one, the elders, unless <clears throat> there's the word elder. And then at verse two says shepherd mm. the flock, which is that word for pastor. And then it th- goes on in verse two to say serving as overseer, oh, which is the word we get for bishop. Mm. So Matt, you and I are elders slash shepherds slash our pastors yeah. slash bishops. Which is why we're allowed to call ourselves the Baldy Bishops. Then. It is, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> we oversee the congregation. Yeah, we are overseeing the <laughs> congregation. Um, now we're to, to do this work willingly, not forced, eagerly, not for profit, not mm-hmm. for financial gain, and then um, as examples and not as lords. Mm-hmm. So we're not allowed to use our position to lord over the flock. Mm-hmm. Um, the throne, the pulpit, is not our throne. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's not our place. It's not our mouthpiece to give off our um, opinions and what mm. we think is important. It's where we preach the word of God mm. and we preach Christ and we it's Christ thrown through. You know, I think it's good, man. Yeah, and so. and I think in the middle of this this passage here in verse number four, 
I, I think it's key that they that Peter mentions the chief shepherd. Yeah. In the middle of all of this, in the middle of all of our uh, shepherding, yeah, we see the chief shepherd, the over shepherd. We're under shepherds. He's the over shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. So we shepherd um, on his behalf. Yeah. But he's mm-hmm. the ultimate shepherd. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And we want to model him. How does Christ shepherd people mm-hmm. uh, with patience and gentleness and kindness? And, and then how are we going to shepherd in that same way? Um, so then, so we have responsibility to be an example to the flock of what, what it looks like to live for Christ, to live out the gospel, to live in, in relationships with one another. Um, but then the congregation has a responsibility, verse five, likewise, you younger people. And that's not necessarily talking about younger in age. It's more the idea of if there's elders, then there's non-elders, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So what are they called to do then as people who are not pastors of the church? Say it again. What, what are people <laughs> what are people who are not pastors of the church called to do in verse five yeah well gospel community um <laughs> yeah be be submissive to one another be clothed with humility and submit yourself to your elders yeah so the word submit like we've talked about before has a, a bad connotation towards mm-hmm. it nowadays um obey me but mm-hmm. the word it actually just means to lovingly entrust yourself over so yeah. when I'm submitting to God, I'm lovingly entrusting myself to God, to God's um, will, to God's commands. Mm. Um, I'm I'm obedient because I love Him and I trust myself to Him. Yeah. And that, yeah. when it comes to the congregation, they they love us and they trust us. That's what you're yeah. being called. If, if if they believe that verse five is true, or sorry, if they believe verse four is true, mm. then they will willingly and lovingly do verse five. Yeah. Yeah. So if they really believe that the the chief shepherd shepherding us mm-hmm. um if we are under shepherds if they really believe that then there will be this 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 loving submission yeah so to speak yeah not not necessarily to us to the work that jesus is doing yeah through us yeah absolutely um but then it goes on to say be submissive to one another so mm-hmm. this idea of like um of, ju- of just being deeply humble deeply submissive towards one another, mm. not demanding your own way, mm-hmm. not not um, making a fuss when you don't get your way, mm. uh, but actually just deeply humble in how you treat one another. Um, as we see in other passages of scripture, preferring one another in love, yeah. highly esteeming mm-hmm. one another. This is what this idea means, that that I, I love you, I entrust myself to you, mm. um, I will not demand my own way, I'm not going to... I'm not going to get bent out of shape when things don't happen the way I want it to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will be humble. I'm clothed with humility. Mm-hmm. It says, when you see me, you see humility. It's the idea. Mm-hmm. So I can see you right now, thankfully clothed. <laughs> Gratefully. <laughs> and this idea of like, I can see a, a, a humble disposition mm-hmm. in how you treat one another in the church family. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. we're being called to. Clothed with humility. Yeah. 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 So that's that's that little section about verse one to verse. And then we finish with first Peter five fourteen, my favorite um mm. verses. Greet yeah. <laughs> one another with a kiss of love. Mm. So why is that important? What do you think that looks like in uh Stoke on Trent twenty first century? Um not an open mouth kiss, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, th- I think our church is really doing well with this at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. we've we've spoken a lot about it, and I think um, I think it's been good. You coming into the congregation for several reasons, but I think I think um, the fact that you 
really honed in on this as soon as we came. Uh, um, not that we were comp- particularly unwelcoming, uh, like off-putting per se as a congregation, but this is something that we really needed to to really focus on. Mm. Was how not just not just greeting one another, but how we greeted one another. Mm, mm. And I think um, the heart behind it is. It is a greeting of warmth. Yeah, a greeting that conveys uh, what, what the word there, love. Yeah, a kiss of love. Yeah. So if if you, as long as your greeting is something that that conveys warmth and love. Yeah. I think we're getting to the heart of what's being said. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I think this is a really important commandment. Even I mean, it's 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 given to us a lot, and there's a, quite a number of passages about greeting mm-hmm. one another with love, with a holy kiss, um, and with a kiss of love. Peter mm-hmm. calls it because mm-hmm. I think it's like one of the first steps of how to have a healthy mm. relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ. Because if I'm not, if you walk into the room and I don't greet you warmly, mm. well, how are we going to go on from there? Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like if I don't look like I'm happy to see you mm. or like I I, I, I I have affection towards you or you walk in, I'm like, all right, like where are we going to go? But you know, you know, like if, if you walk into a room and someone is genuinely happy to see you, receives you with a warmth and affection, you're automatically on a different level with that yeah. person than you are with someone who welcomed you coldly. So I, I do think it's very important. I know I've emphasized it a lot at the church. Yeah, I know. But um, to be emphasized. I, I think it's, it's yeah, I think it's vital. And it's so good to see like when new people come to the church now, we have we have new visitors coming and like, you know, everyone's just on them. Everyone's on them, like greeting them, showing them warmth, affection. Yeah. And people send us like they've never felt welcome like that before. Yeah. And you're like, wow, that's so good. Yeah. Because that's what it's meant to be like. And, and the good thing is, man, this is, this, they're experiencing something organic because if they wouldn't, it would be overbearing. Yeah. 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 Right. If yeah. it was, if it was, they were coming in and everyone puts on their welcoming faces. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but people see right through that stuff. Yeah. yeah. But they're seeing genuine joy at right. their presence, you know? And a loving and warm disposition. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're part of the church or part of another church and you've been you've been following this series and you've heard numbers of times how we've seen this idea of welcoming one another, greeting one another, and you're still not like seeing it as important or you're still like, yeah, I'm just going to give someone a hello and a handshake, a punctuary handshake. Not, you know, handshakes can be warm, but just make can, a, yeah. a cold fish, a wet fish one, yeah. you know? Um <laughs> May may God help you to see like this is really, this is really important. Like, mm. how do you envisage Christ welcoming you when you are brought before Him on that day? Mm. How do you envisage that? A cold handshake, a uh, a nod of the head, a, you know, a long right? stiff elbow <laughs> handshake. That's not what's going to happen. So when I greet my brother in love, I'm I am a forecast of how they're one day going to be greeted by Jesus. Mm. I'm meant to be. Yeah, picturing that for them, like you know, that you know, yeah, like absolutely. If this is how we're called to greet one another, how is Christ going to greet us on that day? Yeah, um, you've seen the painting, haven't you? And I, you just you wonder how it's going to happen when we arrive, as it were, mm. in the new heavens, new earth. But um, there's there's this painting that's that's floating around on the internet, you know, first day in heaven, mm. and it's like someone jumping into the arms of Jesus or something. And it might it might happen that way. Mm. Um, you know, it might be something where where first we fall flat on our faces and he picks us up and embraces. Yeah. But 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 all I know is Jesus' response to us being in the place that he's prepared for us. Yeah. It's gonna be warm and loving. Yeah. Jude says with exceeding joy mm. he's gonna receive us. Mm. Um and so how can I not receive you? The one who's gonna be re- you're gonna be received by Christ one day with exceeding joy. Mm. How can I receive one of those people with yeah. coldness? Yeah. With like a nod of the head or you're all right. How can I do that? Mm. 
um, when Christ says it's with exceeding joy. Now, uh, again, kiss of love. So um, we talked about the, we, we talked about this a number of times, but it's ways that are culturally appropriate to your culture. Mm-hmm. So in the Mediterranean, they still kiss, mm-hmm. fully fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and in many different countries, there's still that warmth, that, that 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 kissing of the cheeks and stuff like that. British culture isn't like that, so that is a bit weird to mm. welcome strangers like that for us. But it's like you said earlier, it's 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 within the realm of the British culture how are people greeted with love, and that's usually a hug or a, a warm handshake or um, you know. When then we we joked um, when you weren't there about the belly rub, the Blurton belly rub, because few few of the men in the church not and they just <laughs> like to rub my belly for some reason. So I, I I'm not against it, but some people said they would not like for that to become the. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Greeting of the church. I'm not comfortable with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sing me for who I am. <laughs> yeah, I've got too much belly for rubbing right now. Oh, that was more than I expected. <laughs> got a whole handful, a whole lot of rum either. <laughs> um. So yeah, we we greet one another with a kiss of arms in in verse 14. Right, so we're called to love one another, open hearts, to show hospitality, open homes, and to serve one another mm. with open hands. And then we're called to um, submit to one another and to clothe ourselves with humility and how we treat one another, and now to greet one another with a kiss of love. And you may be listening to this thinking, that sounds really hard. Mm-hmm. So give us some words of hope to say that it might be hard, but... Yeah, but... According to verse number 10, (laughs) may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Yeah. So the the God of all grace, the the, the but is, the conjunction here is, even though it's hard, even though it sounds impossible, the God of all grace, the source of all grace is with us empowering us motivating us just with us yeah yeah so we don't have the strength in ourselves to live out this stuff which is why we need the gospel to mm. save us to forgive us and then to motivate us and empower us mm. to live this out with one another and wonderfully we have the gospel and we have the god behind the gospel so he's going to continue healing us maturing us grinding us strengthening us to be the mm. kind of people that peter by the spirit is calling us to be mm. so there you go love that verse man absolutely love it yeah some good stuff there man the god of all grace mm-hmm. so he never he never runs out of it you know yeah. as we as we stumble as we feel like we've come to our wits end and the end of our strength mm-hmm. he never runs out of grace to give us yeah yeah beautiful thank god yep so there you go that's first peter and the gospel community stuff that's found in that epistle Thanks for listening to the Baldy Bishops podcast. If you wish to get a hold of us, you can contact us at baldybishops at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram. Hey, do you want to go get an okay? That sounds great. Let's go.